0: We hope today's message will encourage you and strengthen you with God's Word. We are certainly living in a world that is constantly changing, but God's Word will always be true. The Bible tells us that God is unchanging and will always be all-knowing, all-powerful, the creator and sustainer of life. God's Word is truth and life, and we are thankful for the opportunity to share His Word with you each week. This sermon was recorded at Rolling Fork Baptist Church in Nelson County. You can find out more information by visiting rollingforkbc.com or find us on Facebook, listed as Rolling Fork Baptist Church of Boston, Kentucky. And now, let's listen in to this week's message. Well, again, I'm glad that you're here this morning. Once more, just because I love to hear it. If you love Jesus, honk your horse. Everybody on the inside is like, oh my gosh, that is so loud, but that's all right. I'd like you to join me in John chapter 20. This past week, we have looked at the arrest of Jesus, the crucifixion, and praise God, today we see the resurrection. I want to remind you, some of you have heard this story before. Years ago, when I worked in an electric factory... There was a young man from uh, Thailand, he came over. His name was Samche. And uh, I had a great relationship with this little guy. He was a little bit short fella, and he would carry around this little translator. And uh, one day, the Spirit prompted me to witness to him, and I said, Samche, tell me something. Do you go to church? And he says, church? And I said, yeah. And he typed it up, and it said, temple. He said, oh, I go to temple. I said, well, I said, who do you worship? And uh, he looked at me like I was crazy. He's like, well, I worship Buddha. And it's like, well, okay. And because I knew I could get away with this, I said, well, what's Buddha doing these days? And he kind of laughed and said, oh, Buddha dead. And then exactly what I hoped had happened He looked at me and he said, who do you worship? And I said, well, I worship Jesus Christ. He said, "Ah, I've heard of him. I said, well, what have you heard about him? He said, he's a good man, good teacher. I said, what else? Well, they killed him on a cross. I said, yeah, they killed him on a cross. What else? He said, that's all. I was like, no, friend, that's not all at all. That's not even close to all. And so I explained to him how that the Gospels show us that he was not only buried, but raised on the third day as God had promised. And I explained to him how the resurrection took place and how that we can be saved through Jesus Christ. And I truly hope that one day when I am in heaven, that I'll see this little guy walk up and say, oh, I remember you. And I say, praise God you're here. I hope I, I, hope I see him again. I really do. Listen, the resurrection is the reason why we celebrate. The resurrection is giving us the opportunity today to celebrate the risen Lord and to know that sin is not our master, that our master is Jesus Christ, that our Savior, who paid the price that we could never pay, And again, if I ask you, what did God save you from? If you said, saved you from hell, that's not the whole picture. The appropriate answer is, God saved me from the wrath of God through Jesus Christ. And we praise God for that. In John chapter 20. And we've been talking about the harmony of the Gospels, how that you'll have uh, sometimes only one of the four men will write about an event. In this particular case, obviously, all four of them wrote about it, but there's different details that different ones focused on. Now, it's not saying that the Bible is wrong in some places and right in some places. It's saying that as the writers wrote by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, they were focused on certain parts of the story. For example, I told you the other night that when Peter cut off the ear of the soldier, only Luke, who was a physician, would mention the fact that Jesus healed that man. Well, today in our text, we see that Mary Magdalene gets a lot of attention from John. Verse 1, Now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb early, while it was still dark. And saw that the stone had been taken away. There have been a lot of movies over the years about the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. Some of them obviously much better than others. But then there are some movies about Christ that are clearly trash. I don't remember the title of it. I want to say The Last Temptation of Christ... This is probably 20 years ago. And in this movie, they portray Jesus on the cross, lusting after Mary Magdalene. There are some uh, movies, some uh, stories that uh, say that Jesus and and Mary Magdalene were married or that they had a, a love affair of some type. Scripture doesn't give us that at all. What Scripture does give us is the fact that Mary Magdalene was healed in Mark 16, 9. It's mentioned here that she was healed of evil spirits. Seven demons were cast out of her. Now, let me tell you something. If you had seven demons cast out of you, I think you would show some appreciation as well. And she followed Jesus and she loved Jesus because Jesus had set her free. In Matthew 28, he says that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to the tomb. In Mark 16, he says Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices. In Luke 24, he uses a pronoun. He says they went to the tomb, taking the spices that they had prepared And you say, well, who are they? But we find out that it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them. And in Luke twenty-three fifty-five, by the way, here's a great answer. When somebody says, well, maybe, maybe the women made a mistake. Maybe they went to the wrong tomb and they saw it was empty and they thought, okay, maybe that was the one. No, listen here. The women who had come with him from Galilee followed and saw the tomb and how his body was laid. Then they returned and prepared spices and ointments. On the Sabbath, they rested according to the commandment. They knew exactly where they were going. And besides, when you get to the tomb, and there's these guards laying down, you know you've come to the right spot. Verse 2 of John chapter 20, so they ran and went to Simon Peter and the other other disciple. Notice that's singular. It's not saying the other men, it just says the other disciple talking about John. John would also, or he would always uh, uh, write something like this instead of identifying himself says, the disciple who Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and with the other disciple and they were going towards the tomb. Now, you know how they was always arguing about who's the greatest? Well, here again, John makes sure to emphasize that they had a race. Now, it wasn't one of these childhood races, on your mark gets that goal. Let's see who wins. But he emphasizes, look at this. He emphasizes that both of them were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. And stooping to look in, he saw the linen cloth lying there. But he did not go in. Simon Peter not wanting to be outdone. You, you can see this competition going on, not wanting to be outdone. He came following him and went into the tomb. And he saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloth, but folded up. And I want you to notice that word, folded. This wasn't... uh Somebody stealing the body and just haphazardly grabbing him and running off. Jesus said, I'm done with that. Folds it and lays it down. Then the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went in. And he saw and believed. For as of yet, they did not understand the scripture that he might rise from the dead. Remember, or that he must rise from the dead. Remember how many times he told the disciples, this is what's going to happen, and they didn't understand, but they were afraid to ask the question because they didn't like the topic. You know, when you're talking to a loved one and they're like, okay, this is how I want you to do my arrangements. It's like, oh, I don't want to talk about that right now. Let's talk about something else. That's what was going on here. They didn't want to hear this stuff. And they didn't understand what Jesus was talking about, but it all came to pass exactly like he said. When you read in Matthew, it talks about a great earthquake and the angels whose appearance looked like lightning and clothing white as snow. Mark talked about the young man sitting on the right side. Luke said there were two men in dazzling apparel. And then there's also this fear factor. I want you to notice this. These these soldiers who were told to guard this tomb because they expected the disciples of Jesus to try something so that the story of Jesus would continue on. So they were to guard this thing. Soldiers didn't take their job lightly. They knew they could get in big trouble if they didn't do the job. And yet, look what it says in Matthew 28. And for fear of him, the angels, the guards trembled and became like dead men. When the women got there, they didn't have no problem getting to the tomb. The guards were laying down. But yet when the angel spoke to the women, he said, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified And then the beauty of verse 6, he is not here, he is risen. As he said, come see the place where you lay. So we, we see that in the various places there. And by the way, let me insert this in Matthew chapter 28, verse 11. These chief priests who wanted to kill Jesus also did this dirty deed as well. In Matthew 28, verse 11 and following, when it was reported to them what happened, these chief priests paid the soldiers to lie about what happened so that they could try to shut down the story. Think about that. This is what Jesus was going up against. He is saying, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father except by me. And the chief priests, they're upset because Jesus is getting all the attention. The people are leaving the, the synagogues to go follow this Jesus guy who claims to be the Son of God, and that's blasphemy, they thought. And yet Jesus was telling the truth, and because of that, they concocted a lie and said, we will pay you, and if your boss says anything, we will cover your story. Don't worry about it. Look at verse 11 of John 20. Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she stooped to look into the tomb And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had laid, one at the head and one at the feet. They said, woman, why are you weeping? And she says, they have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they've laid him. Having said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you've carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary, Mary, Listen, when Jesus calls you by name, there, there's no mistaking on that. You know, people will try to deny your faith, deny your practice as a believer. They'll say, well, this, this Bible stuff is wrong. This church stuff's a waste of time and all this other kind of stuff. But let me tell you something. You know for a fact that, that when God saves you, there, there's no question whatsoever. When God does a miracle in your life, there's no question. You can't explain it away. You know that it was only by the grace of God that it happened to you. And she heard that familiar voice, and she says, Rabbi, which means teacher. Now, I want you to notice something here. In verse 17, Jesus says, Do not cling to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them. Look this, this is the part that's often overmissed. They look at the first part, but they forget about the second part. He says, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to so my God and your God. He says, Listen, I haven't gone there yet, but I'm going there now. While I'm going there, you go tell the brothers what's going on, and I will meet them. And so we see in verse 19, I'm sorry, verse 18. So Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I've seen the Lord. And he had said these things to her. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were of fear or for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, and I love these words, peace be with you. Again, look at the picture. They are locked inside of a room. The door's locked. They're gathered together. They're not sure what's going on. They want to see Jesus. They want to know that this is going to be okay because they haven't seen anything other than an empty tomb so far. And all of a sudden, he appears, and he gives them that peace be still, like he did on the water. Peace be still. He'd already told them before this passage of Scripture, the peace that I give you, the world can't can't take it away from you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As a father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them,